We are now joined by the one, the only, the great Miss Cassidy Hubbard from ESPN. Cassidy, how you doing? Uh, I'm great. I'm so happy to be with my dear friend Randy and to meet Denny. That's What's right. up? Energy just like through the roof. I'm happy to be with you both. <laughs> Uh, you can find Denny Blanco on both IG and Twitter at Sir Denny Blanco. Find me, Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, the letter J C R U Z, on both IG and Twitter. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube.com slash Ball Is Life Podcast. Out here. And Ball Is Life.com. What'd you say? Y'all out here. That's yeah, right. We're we we trying. We're running. We're trying, we trying to be like you because you. Uh, Miss Reporter for ESPN, Hoop Streams, Sneaker Center. You've been on Sports Center, First Take, College Game Day. I mean, is there anything else I'm missing, Cassidy? Um, there might be something new coming out this oh. fall, so we'll like you know, we'll, uh, some, just peeps it. I wrote okay. something down here. Okay, I called. Go ahead. I, I looked over your your little you know Wikipedia, gathered oh. some information. That Wikipedia that's probably- was made like. 20 years ago. <laughs> even even better. But his, even better. Because so, so I'm sure there's more things even to be added to that. Uh-huh. Uh, that the longest inf- information. But I want to call you the Swiss Army Knife of sports journalism. What do you think oh. about that? Danny, do you need to be my agent? Do I need to throw you <laughs> a 10%? Offers will be made. Offers will be made. Listen, I mean, I'm looking at all these titles that you've done. And I'm like, this is this is a person that that I need to talk to because you, you there's no there's no one that can say they can't do it or no one that can say oh you know I'm not familiar with the position you you've done it all. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, I've done I've done a lot. I'll say, I put it that way. I've done a lot at ESPN. Um, I was fortunate to like ESPN being one of my you know um, first jobs. Like I started there in 2010, so that's 12 years ago. Um, and to kind of like have ESPN get in on like the ground floor. So I wasn't hired by the typical like talent office. I was hired by the digital media group. So I, you know, I kind mm-hmm. of like took a backdoor into ESPN and starting on that ground level allowed me to kind of just use it as a way to climb my way up. And so I started in digital and then I went and started doing some ESPN news shows like called the highlight express and sports center. And I was like, basically my college grad school was at ESPN. Like not a lot of people can say that I was learning on national television, but being taught, you know, the national level without having, you know, the crazy viewership, but I was learning from the best of the best. And then that allowed me to kind of, um, see where else I could fit in. And, I, I like to say that like I've hosted every single show at ESPN except for NFL countdown and um, yeah. trying to even think college game day. So um, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very grateful and fortunate to have been able to be allowed to grow at ESPN and um, ultimately land, you know, at my dream job. Like I grew up an NBA fan and always wanted to cover the NBA and mm-hmm. um, to be able to not only, host NBA shows, but also be a part of our game broadcast. Like, I don't think I could handpick, um, you know, a better job that I could land in. Right. So for me, I'll start here because obviously we're embarking on a new NBA season in a few yeah. weeks. Um, 
and this show is predicated to give you your flower your flowers and let you know what you, what you've been done how much you mean to us the audience um you know every nba team they go through the off season they go do the workouts and the vacations and you know build their body together and do their own business things but from a, a reporter uh standpoint from the broadcaster standpoint what is how do you recharge your battery during the off season to come back for a brand new season so this this off season was a little different because last year was a grind um and i'm not trying to pull out my violin because i think a lot of listeners would be like i would kill for your job like <laughs> True. Stop complaining. everybody every everybody has their own thing everybody like, has yeah, their it's own still thing. work and i'm you know still on the road away from my family but that's like right Right. You know, this is again, I said it's my dream. It's what I've always wanted to exactly. do. To be able to realize it is like I have to pinch myself. But this last year was hard because, um, you know, not only did I go to the bubble um, and, you know, finish out that season, then it was a short turnaround, mm -hmm. um, you know, to basically like get the season started on a shortened off season. And then there was just, there was a lot, like I was always the only one traveling when, when, uh, when we were still dealing with, you know, um, COVID outside the bubble, like the broadcasters, I think you remember, were doing it from home. But right. I was still getting on airplanes and, you know, being the one boots on the ground. So dealing with that travel, travel through COVID. And then last year, like, I, I, I think people remember, like, they were, we were still dealing with, like, COVID um, isolations and protocols and you know like joe hair i mean um joe johnson came back like we had like all these i think like when you think back to last season it doesn't feel like it was all sure. one season um you know we had those like replacement players so it was a really long Crazy. season and then you know we brought hoop streams back on the road for the first time since 2019 mm -hmm. um and so i was traveling eastern conference finals and finals which you know to be a part of that our coverage there um you know like that's like where I wanted to be, but you know, it was a, it was a long season after a shortened off season. And so I, you know, really wanted to try to find a way to, you know, turn everything off in August. Cause I also went to summer league, which was great, mm -hmm. um, but you know, I'm there for a long time. And, you know, after the, like the season, we had the draft right into summer league. So, you know, the NBA is 365. Um, so I really tried to take August off and now I'm getting back into it. We have our broadcast meetings um, this week and then I have a preseason, you know, wraps coming up um, like next week and mm -hmm. uh, we're off to the races. I have a game. I usually average a game and a half is what I like to say a week. So um, my first opening week game is uh, Celtics heat, which will be an awesome game with a lot of storylines. So like, do, do you, I mean, do you ever, like, how does that work where if they say, all right, Cass, I want you to go to Minnesota and Sacramento, you can't yeah. be like, no, nah, give me like Atlanta, New York. Nah. <laughs> I'm great. I can't say, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, but like I could, you know, if something comes up, just like yeah. in any job, I mean, like I have a conflict here. Can I switch with someone? Yada, yada. I will say like, you know, we always wait. All of all of us, like um, like me, Doris, Breen. We're all well. Breen always knows what he's going to get, but like, mm. um, you know, Mark Jackson, like um, Lisa Salters, we always are waiting for our schedule, and we typically get our schedules like in in bunches. Right. And in, in the playoffs, we don't know where we are like sometimes a day ahead of time, so we're like booking travel to go because they're trying to. It's like a, a big grid. You know, like they got to figure out where the A team goes, and then they fill in everybody else, and it's dependent on like. Mm. 
you know, which games fall on which days. And we got to yeah. make sure that we we'll have the best, the best game or the highest rated possible right. game. Um, so we just got our schedule through Christmas and they really did me a solid. Like, mm. I'm very thankful that the Knicks, even though some people may argue they're not deserving to be on Christmas Day at this point, but like, it's still Madison Square Garden, but they gave me the Knicks so I can have, you know, Christmas night with my daughter, which is pretty nice. amazing. Yeah. So, and I had it last year, um, which normally I would, you know, likely be with like Mark Jones and Doris um, on whatever. I don't even know what the number two game, what's the number one game on Christmas Day? This Christmas Day schedule is a little strange. Like, what do you guys think of this Christmas Day schedule? Let's see. Oh, I, I, find, I find it weird. So the, so LeBron to me, yeah, is the number one draw because he always is. So it's, it's Lakers, it's Lakers, Mavs. But why did they choose the Mavs to go against LeBron? And if I'm LeBron, I would be mad as hell that you don't have me at home on Christmas Day. Year twenty. True. Year twenty. I'm LeBron James. You're making me travel on Christmas to Dallas to take on Luca. Yeah, I, I know. Like there were like the there's a crowning happening with like Luca, and you know like, he's the next coming. But I just found that to be strange. Like, why not still make it Clippers Lakers? Like, I know that's been a little bit of a dud in the in the last you know couple years. But I I don't know why you don't keep LeBron home. Then you got Memphis Warriors. Like, is that Memphis the number Warriors. one game? I think I think it might be. Or they, yeah, I think yeah. Technically, they, like, the the most. Like a uh, competitive game, but is it the most compelling game? Then you got um, the who does Denver play? Suns Nuggets. Yeah, Suns -Nuggets. I, I don't know why they didn't do um, Nuggets Maps. I mean, mm -hmm. not uh, Suns Maps. You know, like a, a a rematch of that rematch. like series. I don't. Regardless, I like like I think all the teams are interesting except for the Knicks. I'm sorry, like. You know, wow. I'm wow. sorry, Randy. I like moving too fast, moving too fast, moving too fast. You're, wow. not putting, you're not putting the Knicks in the top tier teams right now. No, no, no. I, no, I'm not. So, I'm like, not. like the Sixers could be playing the Heat or something. You know, the Heat were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, you can't give them a, I don't know, nod. Yeah, so, because don't they always use, don't they, well, usually put the NBA Finals rematch on Christmas? That's why I, I didn't get. Why there that's wasn't Boston and Warriors? So that's opening week. Uh, so the t see, so Turner always gets that opening. It's like the opening day game. It's like usually the rematch. Mm -hmm. So that like Christmas. So I don't know. I don't know if this is where you wanted to go, but I did. I was trying to understand. Like I think I like the Christmas Day schedule, but there's something like just a little off about it. So we it's got Milwaukee. We got Milwaukee, Boston. Before then he goes, we got um Memphis Warriors. She mentioned which Denver and Phoenix. Games. You know, there's like some, but does it feel like a Christmas Day game? Like, I don't know. And for the first time ever, we got NFL and NBA oh, no. games. That's, I know. that's the crazy part. So so that's going to be really hard to compete. Yeah. With. <laughs> I, I'm still NBA. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'll flick through the NFL. No, I, I'll go I hear you. I am uh, like, we're all here. I don't know about you, Denny. Like, I don't know how strong your NFL ties are, but like, I'm an NBA all day, but I also understand that the NFL is king. Like, like we can't even sniff at the NFL's ratings. So it's like um, NFL is king, but not on Christmas. We're giving NFL Thanksgiving. Yeah, like, can you, it is a Sunday. So as much as we like, if this were a Monday and they were creeping in, or like, 
you know, how they've done in the past, like sprinkle a game here. <laughs> like we, you know, we give you Thanksgiving. You really, yeah. you know, like own that. Right. We need, we need more. Um, and, then, and then there's Philly at New York. That's the, that's the, that's my game. game. That's, that's the game that's I'll be right. in. That's right. Um, Listen, um, you mentioned we, we you just mentioned like football. Uh, I know you, you you have knowledge about other sports as well. What is it about basketball? What I, what should I say? What was it about basketball that just drew you in and said, this is the sport that I love? Well, look, I mean, I grew up in Chicago during the 90s. So, you know, like what happened in the 90s in Chicago? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm I, not I, familiar, but I mean, I'm not familiar because really things haven't yeah. been anything since then so <laughs> started on this like the uh shades of derrick rose when it comes to lonzo's like mysterious knee but we won't even i mean touch that i don't like damn what's happening what I what is yeah i can't can, like why don't you let us have nice things <laughs> facts I, like right. i don't know yo i don't i don't know that that's just it's it's a ghost of injury injury bug in chicago with and it's not like chicago is in a top three city in this country and it gets like i mean other than damar like the fact that like it, it just gets sidestepped like why are people just forgetting about chicago like it shouldn't mm. be thought of as a destination now i know it's cold and you know it builds character those winters but at the same time like Hey, Cass, that 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 All Star weekend years ago, I heard it was where COVID was rampant. <laughs> brick, like zero. The high was zero, but it was so- fun, and you <laughs> ate good meals. And when you got into the parties, they were fun. So right. Chicago is a good city. You just got to make sure Chicago has has given you based in Chicago Bulls is what we're talking about here is giving yeah. you some ups and downs. And I, I think, you know, Chicago with, I mean, obviously Lon, you know, Zoe's hurt, but I think they have some really, really good pieces. I think they could be, you know, in position to uh, do some work. They just need a, you know, a couple, they need development obviously. Um, but yeah, you, you, where do you think uh, the Bulls should go right now at this point in terms of your home team? Are you a homer? Do you, do you don't want to jump ship and go to another team at all? I mean, like, I can't technically I'm not supposed to be rooting for any team, but I think because I grew like people know I grew up, <coughs> excuse me, a uh, Bulls fan. But like, I, you know, I, I pay attention to the Bulls. Um, Copy. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, look, I think they're really, really relying that Patrick Williams is going to, you know, realize and be healthy and be the guy that, you know, that the the guy that they expected him to be. And from, like in watching him, like, in the summer league before he got hurt this last year, he, I mean, he was amazing. Um, and he has, he has the talent and like Alex Caruso, I think Lakers fans, you know, dry and I and miss him in, but it really comes down to, to Zach and um, DeMar. And if DeMar can like recapture what he had last year. Um, so I don't know. They have players, you know, like Kobe and um, you know, AO and, you know, I, I always mm. call him Ayo, but I know it's. <laughs> I, I was like, I really wanted to be like Ayo. Uh, let's we'll see. The, the East is really hard, so it's like I could see them maybe like turning it up and being in the the middle, being in the play-in, or completely missing. Yeah. You know, the East is really deep. Yeah, I think the East uh, could be wrong, but the first time in a while, it's been really stacked. Where you have Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Yeah. Atlanta, um, Philly, Boston. Miami, Boston, Milwaukee. I think I said Milwaukee already. Um, Brooklyn. 
Brooklyn, uh, like it's just, it's a lot now with the whole new playoff format. It's like all right, we all get in now, but still, it's gonna be you know nip and tuck the whole entire way. It, yeah, for sure, for sure. There's a lot of talent in the East. Mm-hmm. So we'll so, see. I don't know. We'll see what happens to the Bulls. That's what the season's for. Like, I mean, I think Chicago mm-hmm. will have a better like, year than than my Knicks. You know, we're trying to get that. Mm-hmm. Temp spot at least. I don't know what the Knicks are going to be either. Like I don't know either. Can RJ Barrett take another step? Like will you know? uh, I don't know. Let me give you some advice. I mean, I just I just read some reports. Tom Tibbs, shout out to you, sir. Uh, I call myself the NBA whisperer because I just like to listen to whispers of things and put things together. So he said he was going to start Evan Fournier again at shooting guard. Right. Well, Tib's gonna Tib's gonna do what he wants to do. Tib's gonna be, and safe. that's the problem. I told Randy, I want the record to show. Uh-huh. Talking smack about me earlier. Now it's my turn. I want the record to show, and I want you to admit this, Randy. I told him last season, beginning of the season, I said twenty-five games in, twenty-five games in. I said mm. Evan Fournier should not start. No. Liability on defense. I told that man this. He agreed. They did nothing. And they're going to do it again this year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to end up well. It's not. Start Grimes. Yeah. Start yeah. Grimes. But He's stubborn, man. Tips like Grimes, but you know how he is about young guys. True. Shouldn't be True. And we've seen that in Chicago, too. Shouldn't be, shouldn't I mean, be I, I hear you. Like, that is a point. But, I mean, I think it all goes to, is Randall going to wake up? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, you know, like to expect he's going to be an MVP candidate. Like that was that year, that season was an outlier, but so was last, like you hope last year was too. Um, RJ taking another step forward, what Jalen can bring to the team is like the point guard and, you know, Derek Rose, like, I, I know it's kind of, like, I don't know. I, maybe Knicks fans can't really rely on D Rose, but having him around and on the court mm-hmm. as that reliable veteran backup, like that's right. he basically propelled that second half run um, mm-hmm. two seasons ago. Uh, I know he's getting older, but like I'm totally buying the hype of you know him being in good shape, being his like rookie season weight. And maybe that's just the Bulls fan in me. And I think a lot of people root for Derrick Rose, but be I think like he could be an X factor. I'm not saying that he's he's the the going to be what makes this team um you know go, but if if they can get a healthy D Rose in spurts, like you know, they could do some things. He was an important mm-hmm. cog. He was an important cog to the team. Definitely leadership. Def he's been there. He knows, you know, he'd be able to mm-hmm. uh, mentor these guys. So no, definitely you know, a great addition to the team for sure. So I want to circle back a little bit and then trickle my way down. Um, me doing the research for, for you, I came across that, um, I guess, your whole genesis of what you wanted to become career-wise was you watching Pam Oliver one day watching NFL football Sunday, and he was like, you know what? That's what I want to do. But what it what was she doing? Like, what? What is the aura of her that made you see that and say, you know what? Forget everything else that I that, that I was doing or wanted to do. This is what I want to focus on. Well, no, so that like, um, it just became me noticing, you know, sports media 
shows. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, I grew up watching sports with my family, obviously, but I never really, like really paid attention to pregame or like the entertainment value of talking about the game. And I noticed the pregame show on Fox. It was, this was back when like Chris Collinsworth was on the desk and um, it was James Brown and um, a couple other guys, obviously Howie and all of them. And yeah. um, Pam Oliver was the, the lead um, sidelines. And she also interviewed, um, you know, the main player for whatever the marquee game was. And I, you know, I just, it became a routine of mine come home from church and I would, you know, get ready for the Bears game and throw on the pregame on Fox. And I started to like find myself really entertained by the pregame show. This was in middle school, like, you know, uh, sixth, sixth or seventh grade. So I wasn't like, I was like watching the games, but I wasn't, like I said, aware in the the mind space to like say, oh, okay, like noticing these, these shows. And I noticed Pam. And so like, it just kind of clicked um, because I was enjoying watching it. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want, I, like, I know I'm not going to grow up to be, you know, Cheryl swoops at the time um, or Mia ham. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I want to be in sports. And then from that moment, I just remember deciding during an interview, I don't even know who it was. Um, I don't know why Adrian Peterson's coming to mind, but that seems like way after. <laughs> but like she was interviewing Mm. I'm there. And I was like, mm, this is what I'm going to be. And I haven't looked back. You know, I did whatever was the next step. You know, so in high school, I sought out the radio television film club and, you know, called some boys basketball games. And then I, you know, when looking at colleges, I, you know, focused on where I can get a um, journalism degree and then, you know, um, figured out how to get to the next opportunity. Mm-hmm. So like, do you put do, do you put any challenges on yourself doing it? Because if, before the air, you know, I tell you every time I do this, I get nervous. It's just it's a natural thing yeah. that comes to mind, and I want to make sure every show is as good as the last one. So the thing is, you're on national television. It's live. Mm-hmm. You know, you mess up. It's like oh, you go off the rails. But like, how do you just like what challenges do you put on yourself to make sure you don't go down that hole? I mean, it's also, I mean, it's preparation. Like you don't, um, you're always like, like stay, you know, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready is obviously like Mm -hmm. a motto. Um, And I will say early on in my career when I could like just focus on preparing and consuming and being on my phone and reading articles, like every waking moment, um, like I just was always prepared or I, you know, I hosted NBA tonight. So every night I was watching games and, you know, do every little nuance of um, these games. Uh, I just was so naturally plugged in. Mm-hmm. Now being a working mom, you know, like I'm just a little bit um, more pulled in different directions. And so, you know, right. I have like developed a, like some anxiety, if you will, because I don't feel as prepared as I used to. Um, and it's hard, you know, hard, quote unquote, um, being a national reporter and not covering a team on a day-to-day basis, not one, because you're just not as close to the storylines and two, like the, my relationships just, you know, I'm not as tight with these guys because I'm flying in and out of these cities. And so I'll fly, for instance, I'm doing preseason game. I think it's Bucks Nets. Um, I'll try to go over to the Nets practice and try to get like a couple quotes but if I, you know, I'm flying in and I miss the Bucks practice 
you know, on a, on a Tuesday afternoon and they don't do shoot around, which more and more of these teams don't do shoot around, then I have no access to these players. So I can't get my own, you know, reports or interactions with these guys. And then I'm just, you know, what, what am I bringing to the table? So it's, it's a lot of balancing like schedule and, you know, kind of seeing if I can, um, you know, make something work if the team is on a, you know, back to back and there's no access to them. Um, And when you're dealing with these teams are on, you know, national TV all the time, there's less like, you know, effort to get you in with like their number one guys. So it's that like, that's a challenge that helps, like makes me feel like I'm not as prepared as I want to be for my little reports. And, and that's another thing, like during games, I can prepare like 18 reports um, on little storylines, little players, but if it's not in like the flow of the game or if the game is not presenting itself, like say I have like 10 stories on, on the books and they're getting waxed by, you know, the nets, like, bam, these are all gone. You know, like chiming in like, Hey, producer, tell Doris, like, I want to talk about, you know, like some random player when he hasn't even got into the, into the game. So Mm -hmm. I always kind of compare in game for the reporter, like double Dutch, you're like waiting to get in to like, Mm. you know, um, have your turn but sometimes it's not you know you can't get in it's also like there we have all these commercials on national tv all these advertisements and you know i could like the doris and mark and we having a good conversation i can say i could add they're like oh no we have to we have to get this ad in so it's like it's a dance which me mark and doris we have Mm. good um doris is one of my best friends like we have like good chemistry i tell her all my stories ahead of time so she tries to sneak it in but it's hard. I'm on the, you know, I'm not sitting on the table next to them. You know, like it's, um, it's, it's like the hardest, easiest job ever. Cause you know, you like, you prepare all this stuff and there's time constraints. Cause you don't like, I hate watching reporters go on and on and on about like a story um, mm-hmm. while play is going on. Like, I don't like hearing that. And so then I'm, so that's like an anxiety thing. Like I have something prepared, but then I start rushing myself because the game action's happening and I'm, I'm presenting mm-hmm. it and I hear like a big roar and I'm like, well, what, the, what the, what just happened? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and I'm not saying it. And so like, it's all of that. I mean, I'm, again, someone listening to this is like bringing out their tiny ba- violin, but I'm bringing you inside into what this, like the, the dance that is being a reporter of flying in, trying to gather information. And then when, when it's game time, trying to make sure that like your hits count and add to the broadcast. Like that's the whole point of um, our broadcast team. We want to, we want to make the viewing experience better, not just kind of like check a box. Like, Hey, I talked, I talked to the first quarter. I talked to the third quarter. Like, no, I'd much rather do one great report and, and not the rest of the game than do like 50 reports that are just like, that was nonsense. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care about like someone's like, you know, baby blanket that like they now wear, you know, like bring on the airplane with them. I don't know. I just came up with something. (laughs) Now we definitely appreciate that. Denny. You just said a mouthful. Um, Yeah. Definitely a lot of jobs, especially in the journalist, you know, journalist, sports journalism, you have to be, able to pivot yeah okay you have to be able to pivot so you you hit it on the head when it comes to that and you hit it on the head when it comes to quality Mm -hmm. over quantity right you know Mm -hmm. you gotta drill down to what's gonna be important 
two set segment, two set game. So you're a thousand percent, a hundred percent true when it comes to that. My question is, what story in the NBA has mm-hmm. been of interest the most? Currently, right now, going into the season. Currently, yeah. right now. What, what? Yeah. What story? What story line has piqued your interest the most in the NBA? That you can speak on. That you can speak on. I'm ready to move past the Ime Udoka story. Mm -hmm. I won't, you know, I'm ready to just move past that. Um, What I'm, what's peaked, what I will say, I'm intrigued by what the heck is happening in Phoenix. Um, Like, aside from Sarver, you know, like, and how they reacted on media day to whatever the Sarver situation. What is going on? What happened in Game Seven between DeAndre Ayton and and Monty? Like, what happened? May, may I? And talk since then. Given that you know, I know Monty in the sense that I cover him. I'm sitting in you know, coaches' um, meetings before every game that I cover. And that man, I mean, he's an impressive man. He mm-hmm. makes sure he makes sure that he that he has deep connections with his players. That he he's He's like a, a, um, a life coach as much as he is like a, a coach coach. So how they haven't talked um, since that game seven is, is strange to me. Crazy. There's, there's just, it's strange. Um, and I know that DeAndre is sour about, um, about the contract talks, but I mean, now he's sitting on a, you know, a pretty contract, but I, I understand that like, how it went down is not how he wanted it to go down, but, and how like early on in DeAndre's career in Phoenix, there was a lot of like maturation problems and Monty was the one who challenged him and Monty was like their relationship really like DeAndre acknowledged he, that Monty has got him to a place where, you know, like he was hitting that, like, alley-oop shot to, to, to win it in the, you know, Western conference finals. Like I just, there's, I'm so confused about what's going on with that group right now, because when you look at them and you look at the Celtics, they're, they're returning like on paper, they both look like they should be favorites again. Um, like if you're going on the vibe test, both are, the vibes are not immaculate in either place. Um, and I mean, granted, they're both dealing with two of the biggest off-season scandals. Um, you know, so we'll see that. And honestly, like, am I intrigued by the Nets? And if they can figure it out, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Like, I want, like, I want. I don't know. Like, I want. I don't want any more. Like, I don't want to talk about the Nets. Like like comments in the media anymore. I just mm-hmm. want to talk about if they're playing good basketball. That's, right. you know, so like, I want to, like when I say, am I intrigued by them? It's like with a, like a lump in my throat because I'm like, yes, but I like, it's, it, it's not enjoyable. Like they haven't been enjoyable to cover. Mm-hmm. I, I want to touch base on, on, I just want to just basically say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it takes a lot to win a championship. Yeah. It takes a lot. When you talk about Boston and, and Phoenix, obviously you saw the runs that they made last year, how daunting it is. Now you look now, just after that little taste, 
you're looking two to three years into the future, and you're like, let's start with just Phoenix. You're looking at the future, you're like, Yanji doesn't even want, even want to be there. He may be traded in January. If if if, if Monty Williams is not talking to you, I think that's a bridge that's burnt. And I don't think that 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 could be that could that can be um that can be uh that relationship. I, yeah, I don't know. That's one. Then you have obviously the situation in Boston. Distraction. I, the, I, the word distraction doesn't even doesn't even uh, 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 you know I don't even want to use that word because yeah. it's, it's way more than that. So I, mean, I don't. Jason Tatum finding out this information on Twitter is flagrant. Like I just say that one more time. It's flagrant. He like, found out on Twitter. Investigation for months, as they said, but from my understanding, it was weeks. Like, mm-hmm. Tell tell your star player that they this, didn't. you know, um, and for all of them to say they like they had so, they saw Eme for some Jay- workouts, like a like a couple Jaylen weeks. Brown ago. said that right. Jalen Brown right. said that. You right. know, I just it, it's strange, but again, this whole it situation doesn't... is just unfortunate for everyone involved. Um, and I covered Boston more than any other team last year. And as much as Monty, Coach of the Year Monty, had an impact on how successful the Suns were last year, Ime was a big part of that because he got he challenged Jalen and Jason in ways that they hadn't been before, and he they respected Ime. Um, and it and that like that just combination uh, really flipped a switch. You know, first at first it was like he was challenging them and they were resisting it. Um, early on in the season, it was a mess in Boston early on in the season. And then they just got over this hump and they came together. Like that was a problem with the Celtics. Like they just were all these like individual moving parts, but like Ime implemented, you know, the, the defensive strategy that really turned that whole team around and got, mm-hmm. and they were the favorites heading into the finals last year. So over the Warriors. So it's just, I like I, I don't know Joe Missoula. I, I mean, I know that he has a lot of respect in Boston, um, but this is just it's I, I don't know how like I know going through that experience in the finals, you can't take that away. And there's lessons learned that are going to be embedded in you. But like it's still a long season. As you said, it's hard to win a championship and they don't have Robert Williams, which is just as big of a story. Mm-hmm. But it's a huge story um, as well in the, in the shadows of this email stuff. So it's just like I, to me, when I said like I'm over the Udoka stuff, Boston, because because Boston has more more bad news other than just losing email and how they're going to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they they're they, so their their aspirations for a championships. I don't know what that's going to look like this year with everything swirling around them. And then you brought up the you brought up the Nets, my Nets. Thank you, Randy, my Nets. Um, did I just you want enjoy them- watching them last year, Denny? Like, did you enjoy that whole fan experience of what that was last year? Before Katie got hurt, let me let me explain to me got hurt. Let me explain to me, Cassidy. Uh, yeah, when when everything was healthy, everyone was healthy and playing. Well, was, <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. You see what I'm saying? Like, so <laughs> without speaking, without speaking, I haven't seen this team healthy and right. together in about two or three years. But Joe Harris I was, isn't even cleared to play yet. Like, who isn't clear? Who isn't clear? No, he's still Joe Harris. Been- that to me was an ankle injury. I think he was out. He's been out for two to three years. Like a year and a half, bro. A year and a half. It feels like two to three. It feels like the conference final or the the semis, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. It feels like okay, so I don't know the okay, Joe. Then you got then you got Ben. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no. So he is cleared for training camp now. Okay. Oh, okay, good. He's cleared. Then you got Ben. <clears throat> I just want Kyrie. Obviously, we have a full season of, of Kyrie. I would just love for these folks to play together 75 games, but I'm just wishing on a star. I'm wishing yeah. on a star. You know, that would make me feel good deep down inside after the James Harden situation, after Kyrie said, you know, I'm not playing because of COVID, after Kevin Durant couldn't give me one, and they got swept They got swept last year. I just hope that they just come and just play, man. Just play. Uh, you brought out James Harden. That team I'm, I'm interested in. But, you know, Joel, Joel was my MVP pick by, like, didn't change, you know. Mm. At all last year, like no disrespect to Jokic, he's incredible. Like Jokic is special, but watching Joel to me is like the most dominant player in the you NBA. Or you, mm-hmm. you go, so, yeah, don't bring that board out. Don't, don't. I do want that. to know how Joel, because Joel was he, he. I mean, he went through an emotional thing last year. What is that? What is that? This is Denny's top twenty. <laughs> this is the top ten of the NBA. And this is how I have it ranked right now going into this season. I have Giannis, mm-hmm. Steph, Joker, KD, Luca. And I have Braun, Tatum, Embiid, Booker, and Jimmy. All right. Now you mm-hmm. may look I'm at not that. Putting and say, Tatum over Embiid. Right. So and you I'm may not... Embiid up a little bit higher. And you know, that's a f- listen. And I got... to me personally, I'm putting Embiid over Luca, but I understand the majority of people are be like, Luca is. Like mm-hmm. undeniably, it's a hard argument. It's a hard argument. Um, but <laughs> like KD being, I forget what he was like six or something in our rankings. Uh, eighth. He was eighth. Eighth. Like that's to me that's flagrant. Um, I, when, you, LeBron, when you LeBron is kind of just like a like grandfathered in. I said his grandfather in. He's top two all time. So like, and he's still playing and he's still the best player on his team because, you know, mm-hmm. availability is the best ability when it comes to AD, yada, yada, yada. But so you got to still put him like um, up there. I just, to me, back to the Sixers, Joel, James, because dealing with James a lot last year, like he was in his own head about his, his injury. Um, and then the whole emotional thing with Kyrie, I think he's going to be on a revenge tour. And now that him and Joe like had a year together, that pick and roll, or, you know, we're going to see it develop. Mm-hmm. Even more. Um, I don't know. And then what PJ Tucker is going to like bring like grit wise to that team. And then what right. kind of level is Maxi going to go, um, you know, cause we saw spurts of it in the playoffs, but then he kind of showed his age and other places in the playoffs. So I'm just interested in the Sixers that I think, I know I think people, a lot of people are, Kind of like, I don't know, don't like are over hardened and, yeah. and want to know what else they can see out of Joel. I'm, I'm interested because I know Joel was like felt some type of way about not winning MVP last year. Well, well, um, well how, how much more can Joel give you? And, and that's what his I don't mean if he can continue to if he can be there the whole year and play at the level he played last year. That's I mean, that's, that's- me. Like I thought he was the MVP. Like me too. By hair, by hair, and you're talking about a very, very thin hair. You know, Joker is is that's a bad man. I'm not gonna take anything away. And, from he, and in numbers wise, like you know, some people said it was 
like far and away, but you got, I mean, we all consume this game. We all understand there's levels to this. Like that's why they pick, you know, reporters from all over the world. I mean, from all over the country who covered teams closely and who cover it from afar because like perspective matters. Like even though I consume the entire NBA, like I cover a lot of the East coast games, which a lot of the West coast reporters can't, can't be on the sidelines for all like the Sixers mm-hmm. games, Boston games. And there's just something different when you are up close and seeing the interactions and seeing the impact of these games and how the ebbs and flows, like those things matter. It's not just, you know, analytics, like that should matter. Like, that's why MVP is so hard because there's so many different ways you can, um, you know, kind of grade what an MVP is. Hmm. That's true. I got two. Um, a lot of players, uh, quite a few players, all stars are coming back this year who did not play at all last year. So I wanted to ask you and Denny, you Cassidy first. Who are you more intrigued to come back to see watch make a comeback? So you, you get yeah, Kawhi, so and, you get Kawhi and John Wall to the Clippers. They ain't played last year. You get Zion coming back to the Pelicans. Now CJ is there. You get um. That's oh, okay. Let me just let me address. I'm excited about seeing. First of all, I'm rooting for John Wall because of his. I mean, like his players. Absolutely. If you did right. not read it. Read it. Read it. It's like, yeah. you no, know, like I've been covering John for a long time. And I, and I saw those different versions of him that he was explaining. And, right. um, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Um, right. And Kawhi, yeah. Like, I mean, this was the guy on top of the world uh, three, God, three years ago. Um, and uh, we'll see what he got. Like he's healthy. Great. And Paul George, like, is mm-hmm. another guy that, I think has gotten a bad rap and people forget how talented he is. He may not be the best player in the NBA, but the guy has skills. And I think he like, people just like to clown him for no reason. So I know I, I like this Clippers team. Um, I like Ty Lue. He's one of the best coaches in the league. So I'm interested in the Clippers. Zion. He's got to prove it. Just like, just like, you know, people were criticizing Joel. Um, and I see some similarities like in Joel, um, yeah. you know, with his injuries, <clears throat> He's got to prove it. Like he, like everyone's rooting for him to be the next LeBron. Um, and right. you know, like we saw when he was a Duke, he, you know, like um, he, he brings people to, to watch and like, he could be must see TV and uh, blockbuster as they say, but like, I, I'm, I'm tired of the, the wait. Like uh, I'll see, like I'll, I'll turn the show on when it's there. Um, <laughs> But I like that Pelican squad for sure. B.I., huge fan of B.I. C.J., like, Mm -hmm. that's my fellow Virgo, um, you know, guy, and he's a great leader. And who doesn't like, you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto? Um, What was his nickname that we called him last year? Um, Jose Alvarez. uh, uh, Yeah, I think it was like. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jose Alvarez. Okay, okay, Alvarado. With the steals, I, yeah. I he's, he's fun. Like, I, I, like, mm-hmm. and, and um, and Willie Green, as we talk about, like amazing people, um, yeah, leaders. Like, he's salt of the earth, um, type of guy. I understand why he's having success with that mm-hmm. team. How he, you know, turned things around. So, like, I really like the Pelicans. Um, I'm just over the the Zion like hype until you know I'm I'm ready for it to be realized. And you also get Porter and Murray back in Denver too. 
Well, I, I really like uh, Jamal Murray. You know, I know he really struggled last year. It was a mental strain on him being out. Um, and, you know, like not feeling like he was ready yet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like in just observing him, like around the team in the playoffs, um, just kind of being like feeling like it was like heavy on his shoulders that, you know, he wasn't around and he's been out and he had been out for um, a year plus. So I, you know, I'm I, like, I, I want to see good players be great. So um, like, I hope, I hope they do well. Uh, Michael Porter, same, like, you know, you gotta I, prove it. injuries have been more about more of his personality than anything else. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see. I'm not, it's like, Denver is an interesting team that I, you know, can't really put my finger on it other than like we know Joker is a, like elite elite and he's going to like get that team together. And but what does that mean in the end? Right. So I know me and you are very big MJ stands. You know, I'm, you grew up in Chicago, that whole 90s era. People who know me know I'm a big Jordan fan. I still say he's the GOAT, but I'm going to tie him in in a second. So, Denny, we're on we're on pace to have a big career moment for LeBron. So he's on pace to break Kareem's scoring record and Magic's assist record in the same year. Mm-hmm. So my question is, we always have this MJ LeBron goat debate, right? But Cassidy, at some point, I still say Jordan, but at some point, when does the debate become a little it get it gets real hot where it's like, yo, listen. Never. LeBron is the scoring leader, the assist leader. He got a whole bunch of accolades and rings and all that. Like, listen, he's he might be, or he just right neck and neck with Jordan. When do we say, damn, it, it might be? Hey, what do you hold? What do you hold against LeBron? Me? No, Denny. What are you holding against LeBron? Oh, oh, that's the thing. I hold nothing against LeBron. LeBron is the goat. B. <laughs> Go I'm, with you. I'm with you. He's not the goat. Again, I tell this. I'll repeat it again. I'll tell this again to. I tell this to all the guests in terms of when he brings up this debate. I say, look, LeBron is great. And he will always be great. And he'll go down in history as one of the greatest players I've ever played in the NBA. But the Jordan sign is on on soccer player shoes, yeah, football player jerseys, boxing mitts. Mm-hmm. Jordan's the goat. No, okay, so I agree with you. It is A, B. It is not one, two to me, whatever that means, however you want to, like, interpret that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, five years ago, I came around to being like, yes, LeBron deserves to be in this conversation. Like, sure. this was five years ago. Like, yeah. five, six years right. ago. Sure. It's not disrespectful to Michael right. Jordan that LeBron is legitimately in this conversation. But you wouldn't have LeBron without Jordan. And I'm not trying to say just because Jordan came first means he's the automatic goat. It's just what Jordan did for the NBA and its transition to pop culture allowed LeBron to be this supernova um, that he was and able to surpass even that hype that he had. And I think what makes LeBron goat be the greatest is what he's been able to achieve um, throughout his career because of like the hype that was only created by the 
the stranglehold that lo- like that Jordan had on pop culture that it only built from there. And I, to, to my whole take on LeBron is that he has, he has surpassed every expectation. And even if he's lost whatever amount of finals, he still has been in those finals. Like to, what was it? Was it nine straight finals he went to? That nine, eight, to me, nine, to nine straight finals is, 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 is in, was it nine straight finals? Eight, um, eight. Hey, probably won't even be yeah, done. Won't, won't be done again. Why this isn't in my head immediately? <laughs> finals. I think it was 20, 2011 through twenty eighteen. Eight straight finals. Okay. Um, to, like that. Like two three peats, nine straight finals. Like I, I, mean, I know winning is everything, but to me, I, I think those are comparable. Like, I just think no, nine straight finals is pretty crazy. Uh-huh. Um, no, no, he, he's he's. He's above and beyond what, what you're exactly what you're saying. You're stamping it. But I so I like I just don't think there's a clear cut answer. I think who you know, no, <laughs> as, as far as if you think LeBron's the greatest, you're allowed to feel that way. Great. You're I, right. You're right. You no, know, like Great. the impact that, ha- that that LeBron has had on you, like say, you know, whatever, um, an eight year old uh, who is like from in 2003. Um and all he's known is LeBron James. Didn't really know, you know, Jordan's career. You're you're allowed to feel that type of way about LeBron James. I grew up in the '90s. I, you know, I lived and breathed Jordan, so I have a deeper understanding of Jordan's impact and what the basketball and the NBA was like before LeBron. So, I think we've reached a point with them that it is splitting hairs, and it can be a B, and it can be dependent on how, you know, like what influenced you as an NBA fan and what influences you as it, your, you know, your understanding of the league and game. Cassidy dropping bars. Denny, Denny, how much you want to bet Cassidy right now has on a pair of Jordans? How much you want to bet? No, I don't want to lose money. Why would not, Why would you want to take my money? Is that what I trying know. to take my money? First of all, I'm wearing socks, but today I'm wearing. Ah, damn! See, I would have lost a bet. I would have lost. You know what, though? As much as I love my Jordans, and I have more Jordans than I have any other shoes other than heels, they're not comfortable walking shoes. No, not trying to walk around the streets of New York in some fours. Definitely (laughs) ones. No, or my heels will be screaming. The back Mm. of the heels, like I just, um, it's not. No, those are for like. If I'm really trying to put an outfit together, but they mostly collect dust. Yeah. What, are your, what, are your, what are your top three Jordans? Well, the Bread Elevens. Okay. Um, one. Chicago ones. I mean, you're talking to a Chicago girl. So Bread Elevens, right. Chicago ones, and the. This this way gets tricky. See that third one's always tricky. If I said Mount Rushmore, you you'd be stuck on three and four. I know. Bread Elevens, um, what color? I guess, I guess if I'm really needing to like decide, decide what is my third top three would be the cement fours. Mm, okay. But that's a hard one. That's a hard one for me. I think I will go the elevens. I mean, I gave you colorways. Oh, see, now see, now, now she flipping the game. She got colorways and everything. See, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, if, we're just, if we're just doing like she the numbers, head head. 
She's yeah. Elevens, ones, and, and fours to me. Okay. All right. Like without, you know, without a doubt. But like three, like, you know, mm-hmm. the threes can be up in there too. I, I got the elevens. I got any one of those um like the, the Olympic Olympic eights, right? Or Olymp- Olympic sevens. Right? Olympic yeah. sevens? Yeah. 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 That whole Raptor and all that Bucks Bunny joint. I take the whole set. Yes. I take the elevens. I take the whole set. <laughs> Those are just too clunky for me. I can't be like this, like the high. The uh, I don't know. Sixes. The six. I probably do the six. The infrared six. Mm. That's like a iconic shoe. I wear slippers, so I don't know. Oh, I know, right? Uh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. No, this is what this is. This is thirty plus. Damn. You know, That's I'm not. I'm, try, I'm trying to be comfortable. This is also this is also hashtag. <clears throat> excuse me. This is also hashtag mom life. That's right. We right. live in mom life. That's let's get let's get it. Are Are you a fan of the first three P or the second three P? I think the second three P. Obviously, I was a little older, mm-hmm. and um, you know, Rodman was kind of crazy. So kind of. Kind no, I'm just saying, like that experience. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh Ron Harper was my favorite player growing up. So, really, Ron Harper. Yeah, I liked his Ron grit Harper's. and you know hustle, and he also wore nine, which was my my number growing up. So. Okay. Also, Jordan's Olympic number. So. That's right. That's that. right. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I would say the second three feet. Then you got any more before um, we wrap it up? What you got? I mean, I just want to, again, give you your flowers for coming on mm-hmm. and repping hard. You, you came on and just, you know, you slapped Randy around a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I'm you, still here. Yeah, you're still here. Um, you, you're knowledgeable, smart. You got you shared some you know knowledge of how to basically get into the game. There are steps. You just got to find them, obviously, and follow follow through. But I just want to say thank you for taking time to speak to us today. I know you have a schedule. Balancing job, baby, life. It can't be easy. So you took time to speak to us, and we appreciate you. This was fun. This was just like kicking it with hey, my Come guys. on back. I'm here. We'll talk about like actual, you know, games and um, not just, you know, people – uh, I like that. Happy heading yeah. into the season, so yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I'm ready. I'm not ready. You know, I'm trying. Yeah, to yeah that's what I like too. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm ready for the season, but I'm also like trying to trying to make sure. See, this is also like 30. I'm like, I'm trying to make sure my back's okay for the flights and all of that. Like, Yo, don't Denny. get old, people. Don't get old. I even used to rep- be the rep- one. I used even- to be the young one on these broadcasts. No, Denny. Man. Even reporters need the training room. They need the, the back massage, tape tape the ankle. They, they, they need that shit too, bro. They need, they need, the they, they need the, all, all that. Until you've ran to it, until you missed a gate, until your flight's been canceled, you know, you don't know what you're, you're running with your luggage. Oh, I've so, done that. Mm. Until you've lived that life, I yes. mean, you're really not familiar, but right. I'm familiar. Yes. I'm familiar. Yeah. So, before we wrap up, uh, Cass, like like Danny said, we thank you very much for coming on. I know you're a very busy person. NBA is coming up, so you got a lot of shit to, uh, shit to do. Uh, but I would tell you, 
you know, from what I see on, on you know, in person or on social media, that when Dennis mentioned to you earlier about you being a Swiss Army knife, I think you appeal to a lot of people because I think you just don't clock in, clock out, if that makes sense. I think what you do is you have fun with what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You got style, swag. You got you got the whole aura of like a, a basketball female from the fashion to, to, to the, the wordplay and everything. I think that's why many fans of my age and younger appeal to you because you just don't go out there. Do you do you think, hey, ESPN, all right, see you next week. And that's it. Like you're you're all over the place. And that's why people on social media love you so much. And you probably noticed that already. But if you haven't, I'm telling you, and Denny would tell you the same thing. You just like you had that aura, like, oh, you know what? I, you know, I, I did catch you because she's she's one of us. You know what I'm saying? She she's just not a regular employee at the network. She's she feel like one of us. So, so I, much feel, Randy. I mean, I'm we I, we were ready besties, but like that's just that checks in the mail. You heard checks in the mail. You know, then, like that's just there's so many things about this business, like it's competitive. There's, you know, there's just like in any, any job, there's things that you want and you don't get, or there's things that like you're trying to get to the next level. But I think ultimately my goal is to stay authentic and stay true to myself and be mm. a good person and treat my colleagues with respect and, you know, hopefully garner that same respect back. And, you know, that what you just said to me means a lot and it actually is helping me kind of recharge and get refocused into the season to try to figure out what 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 means most so yeah i appreciate you guys this was a great conversation like it, it really did i'm i think this is my first thing like that i've done heading into the season so i'm ready denny's <laughs> ready she's like he's like, <laughs> the thing well one more I, I think we'll be remiss for not asking um you know with with what you do in this element in, in this genre and seeing the last couple of years, like, you know, women in sports are really doing their thing, getting bigger positions and being on TV, getting their opportunities from broadcasting, podcasting, what you do. And just kind of tell me, like, how do you see the direction of women in sports going for the next few years? Um, that people are going to stop noticing women in these positions and it's just going to be normal. Like, that's ultimately it. Like, I like as much as I do like being someone who can speak up and talk about like women in sports. I want one day for that not to be a leading question, you know, like when I do come in interviews, um, like what's it like being in a male dominated industry, which, you know, is like in almost every interview I do. And mm -hmm. just, I don't see it that way anymore. Like there is a lot of women in the prime spots. You yes. Know, you have Doris Burke, arguably the best, uh, analyst in, in the NBA. Like, um, you have, you know, Malika Andrews as our, you know, uh, lead NBA, uh, daily show host, you mm -hmm. know, Lisa Walters is our number one sidelines. Like, um, I just think you see women in prominent, uh, positions and, you know, I, like, I just, uh, I don't think it's, I, I think ultimately what we're looking for is equality. Um, and the way that we're equal is that like, it's not noticed anymore. So, you know, what can women do more? It's just hire us more in positions and care more about, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, the things we're doing and hold us to the same standards and, 
um, hold men to the same standards that they hold, they hold us to, um, you know, vice versa. So, you know, that's like kind of where I, I am with that, with, you know, when I'm asked that question is like, I'm, I'm hoping we're turning a, you know, a corner. We've turned that corner. Exactly. Well, on that note, Denny Blanco, as Sir Denny Blanco on both IG and Twitter, at Cassidy Hubbard on IG and Twitter, find the podcast on YouTube. I'm trying <laughs> to hear whatever is playing in Denny's head. Bro. <laughs> what is your, what is your playlist? You read the phone, Andy? You, you play the song. Outro, baby. It's the outro you, song, baby. YouTube.com slash Ball is Life Podcast Network, dot com i mean I, like you said i don't know what playlist he got going on it, it must I'm be something crazy it. i need that energy life. <laughs> yo whatever you're playing tell cast to play while she's getting ready on the court so she can bop like this too you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right y'all thank y'all appreciate it